Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry about that. We didn't hear the end of the song. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. Okay, lower under my chin. Uh, fucking voice. Ron and I and Brandy uh. are here today. We got a fun show for you guys. Before we get started, let's make the rounds and say hi to everybody. Starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Between Jimmy and that broad that keeps coming in and out of our show, that horrific, squeaky, high-pitched voice broad, I'm going deaf. I suggested to her to get a boyfriend with 10-and-a-half-inch Wangola and give him head. That might correct her voice and make it deeper. Well, our guy in Philadelphia said that's an impaler, and nobody with a 10-and-a-half-inch. <laughs> anyway, so Jimmy said they should make a porno movie called— Actually, Scott said that. Scott said that 10 inches of the, the no, impaler. Vlad the Impaler. Oh, right. Who? Vlad. That's oh, like Vl a— Vlad the Impaler. Anyway— Dirty, filthy talk before we go on the air, and I don't approve of it, and oh, I don't yeah. like it. And, I and you instigated all of it. And I think that our show has got to, to clean up. your mouth. I'm soft-spoken, <laughs> so I don't pop. See, I don't do that. You, I don't do you that. You do that. I, I'm theater trained. Okay, you're I'm, theater I'm trained. in the business 58 years. I held a microphone in my hands for 45 years when I did stand-up comedy in nightclubs. So I know how to work my mic in and out. When I need to get a joke, when I need to get a laugh, I know how to move my mic. There you go. So let's say hi to everybody. Starting off with who? Our fabulous female Sean oh, Tuse. No. Oh no, here she comes at the W4CY voice. Studios. Oh. Hello, Danielle D. Oh. Hello, oh hello, hello. Oh, oh my God, that. that was very good. See, she's learning. She's learning to sound like a woman, not like a police siren. That was oh, awesome. I love it. I love it. Listen, you get any dates lately? No. I put a word out. I said that, you know, she's a hot piece of ass and she's looking for a hot date. I thought they would call you by now. They yeah. got to find her on Facebook. Yeah, yeah look, look, on Facebook. look Danielle up on Facebook and contact her. She's desperate for a man. No, she's not desperate. Not she, desperate. This is how, listen, men today are very, very insecure. I learned that from my daughters. My daughter, Leslie, is beautiful. First runner-up in Miss America, Miss New York, Miss Long Island, Power's top model, gorgeous Grace Kelly look-alike. 
And she goes out and guys do not come over to her. Why? Because they're inhibited, uh, in intimidated and afraid. They figure a gorgeous chick like that's not going to want to talk to me. So that's what they do with Danielle. Danielle's got to, like, be Ava Gardner, lower that voice and say, Hi, boys. My name is Danielle. And I would like to see you this evening around 8 o'clock by candlelight and some champagne. And you see how fast the guys get erect and they'll be there. <clears throat> that's what you got to do. Today you got to encourage men. So everybody out there that's an old maid, these broads that go out and they can't get a date if they open their legs and sang Merry Christmas. There you go. But anyway, you uh, got you got to you have to make the first move. Yeah, you have move. to make the first Men move. Men today don't have balls anymore. Women have taken them off. Men are terrified <laughs> of women. They're terrified to go on a date because she may scream rape. I'm not kidding you. This is the truth. So girls that are looking for boys, you have got to go after the men. The reverse the the, the, the roles have reversed. Years ago men pursued women. Now women pursue men. Well, there was a saying years ago, a girl chases a man until he catches her. Not today. Today, a girl's got to go after the guy. So learn from me, Danny, Danielle, and go out. There you go. All right. Are you okay with that, Danielle? Oh, she's such an old maid, frustrated bitch. I can't deal with her. I, I am an old maid. <laughs> I, I make that joke all the time that I'm an old maid, but yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> no, no, no. One day, one day you're going to be young and gorgeous. One day you're going to be 85 years old in a rocking chair with a cat and a canary, and you're going to look back at your life and say, "Wow, all the men I missed because I was shy." Oh, you're not shy. That's that's She's... definitely the polar opposite. I'm a very outgoing person. Well, next week I want to hear all about your outgoing and your incoming. <laughs> I want to hear about your outgoing and your incoming. <laughs> so there you go, sweetie pie. Thank you for the advice, people think Ron. people think I don't like you, but it's opposite. I think you're adorable. I just like to tease the hell out of you. Kisses. Kisses to you, my sweet puppy. So then we've got in Pennsylvania, which it might be snowing. We want to give a shout out. What's up, Scott from Rock Titan TV? How you doing? Hey guys, it is actually quite beautiful outside right now. Is it really? We're like eighty. Yeah, well, it's fifty, but it's nice. You know, it's springtime now. We set the clocks ahead and lost an hour of sleep over the weekend, and I know it screwed me up. I don't know about you. Oh, it's totally. I'm still screwed up from it, and I'm still tired from I, it. I, I, I drank so much wine, I didn't know where the hell I was. So time meant nothing to me. That's fine. It's so, true. I, hey, I, Ron. I walked. We went to so many parties. I mean, I'm exhausted. Notice my energy. Ron, stop talking and listen I for slept a second. Until 8.30, which is unusual for me, and I'm just tired of talking because, you know, people ask me, like, we went to a birthday party Ron. with my friend Tony, and there was a gal there from Michigan who couldn't wait to meet me. She carried on, I've been dying to meet you, I've been dying to meet you. Tell me stories she wanted to know about Jane Russell, Betty Davis, all of my friends, and I was going on and on and on and on all night long. This bitch didn't leave me alone. Uh, but she did say I was gorgeous, so that made me a little happy. <laughs> I, fig I figured for that she's worth another two stories. But anyway, it's been a, a talky. My, see, my voice is even Hey, Ron, worse. stop talking and <clears throat> listen for a second. Stop talking for a oh, second. Oh, it's him? I thought, you were, I thought you were, like, gone with the wind. Yeah, yeah listen. You need what? to stop picking on D because... No, I will never. Listen. 
What? You, you, you're really freaking mean to her, and I won't stand oh, for I'm it. Oh, I'm not mean to her. That's love. Don't you understand that? She don't understand I, that. Listen, She's a redneck like someone, from Florida. I She's not a New Yorker. Can we, get, can we get rid of this whole redneck persona? I'm not a redneck, like, for one. Like, <laughs> no, I, wait a minute. She, she and I have the best fun together. Our fans love it. They love the, the back and forth because everybody on television is full of shit. I love you. You're wonderful. You're fabulous. You're divine. I adore you. I vomit from these people. They're all over Palm Springs. They're all over Hollywood. I am so sick of today's bullshit. Everybody's afraid to be offended. Every, every fucking thing you say, oh, that offends me. That offends me. You know, go fuck yourself. You offend me, people in general. I, I like her. You're, offend, you're offending me. Watch your mouth. I agree with Rhonda. Fuck, fuck you, Dean. <laughs> Fuck you twice, Dean. No, no, do, do the F word. Don't do the F no word. No F word. So, uh, Chuck Freak you. Chuck you, Dean. Chuck you. Dean, by the way, we're so happy to see you're up and about. Yes, and I'm going to get you next, Dean. I have an expression that my mother taught me. Beware of my indifference. If I tease you, I love you. And that's I, the truth. I know that, if but I these Florida like people someone, don't know that. Dead. I know so that. So how do you feel? How do you feel now? Give us some real shit. I understand you weren't well. Well, Mentally, but that we knew. But well, physically, yeah, that, that's never going to be fixed. But that's because I got to be around people like you. Oh, no. But how are how are you? Seriously, I'm doing I'm, fine, I'm except for the fact that the U.S. healthcare system is the worst, most preposterous thing in the universe. You know, I got off in L.A. and I was having chest pain, and I knew it had nothing to do with my heart. But I went to be safe to the emergency room. They wanted to take me down right away for another angiogram, and I refused it, and they were wrong. They thought I was having a heart attack, and they were just idiots, and now the insurance company won't cover it because they're idiots. Well, you went to L.A., and probably it used to have the best hospitals. UCLA and St. Joseph's was two of the best hospitals in the country, but now I understand the emergency room is filled with illegal aliens and all kinds of people that shouldn't be there, that didn't pay taxes or have no right to be there, are there. And the people that work in those hospitals are just plain old disgusted. So a lot of the good uh, nurses and doctors have left. Most have come to Palm Springs because Palm Springs is still civilized. That's why but Trump LA wants to no build a wall civilized. around all the emergency rooms in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't go to L.A. to go to. Yeah, a hospital. What did you say, Dean? Say that again. It's Dean I, news. I, I, I said that's why Trump wants to build a wall around all the emergency rooms in L.A. AKA pipe man <laughs> news. Well, you know the old joke: Trump builds a wall, Mexico builds a staircase. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> I love that. Have one. they heard of the Underground Railroad? Well, like, duh. the the Mexicans are underground in the tunnels are going to get a headache from all the noise of building the wall above them. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the walls may cave in from when the earth gives You guys, away. this is a terrible But anyway, I don't do <laughs> politics because I don't believe in anybody or any politic. I think every government in every country is full of shit, and they're all out for their own selves, and that's what it's all about. Uh, we may need one day somebody to come into office that's truly honest and truly wants diversity. and Who's truly going to be, Well, there will be someone somewhere because it's got to be. Otherwise, America is destined to doom. I mean, this man in office now has promised the moon and has delivered... Uh, Cheese, cheese. You tell me. Cheese, moldy cheese. Uh, moldy cheese. And we are happy to hear that you're up and, and everything is good, Dean. You sound terrific. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I came back to the office here to an envelope from the insurance company saying, 
Um, yeah, they admitted you for having a heart attack, but since you didn't have a heart attack, we're not paying. That's bullshit, Dean. No doubt. Your, your, your insurance should cover any kind of medical. Thank, uh, thank you. Our U.S. healthcare system and the insurance. Well, what, what is that? Your it. social security? The, no, no, that's Blue Cross Blue Shield. He's got health insurance. That's Blue, Blue Cross, Cross Blue Shield. Oh, that's the biggest pile of shit in the world. Blue Cross and Blue Shield. <laughs> Nobody has those crooks. Everybody has. <laughs> no, they've been stealing for years from the public. Are you crazy? Blue All insurance Shield, whatever. Do. No. That's no, I I have a very good insurance plan. The United States government doesn't want to handle anybody that that's oh, my age. So they give $1,000 a month to this insurance company, and this insurance company handles all of your things. I will uh, have Jimmy text it to you. He's not old it, enough to get it. If they're how so good, how, how come you? you're still alive, Ron? That is so messed up. <laughs> No, but how old are you? Over sixty-five? No, not over sixty-five. He's like forty. But he looks over sixty. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I thought he was about eighty-three or eighty-four. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, no, seriously, do you, you know what? I used to think you, you looked like you're in your forties, Ron. But your your personality shows more like ninety. It's true. It's true. I'm an old goat. I go by the old standard rules. I don't live in today's rude, inconsiderate, self-centered, narcissistic world. I still live you in the are world it. of how do you do? May yeah, I you don't live it. You, you are. You're king of it. You you are the narcissistic world. No, I am not. I'm the furthest thing from narcissistic. Come on, I would have had facelifts, fillers, and Botox like the rest of the morons. I don't do any of that shit. Nature takes it. Dean, what color is your hair now? Blue. Blue. Is it really? It looks black. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, though. Like, yeah. if you notice, if I turn angles to the light, it changes colors. It's like it's like a pearl. You're like Eileen Shapiro. It's, it, it is blue and black, but in certain lighting, it looks blue, and in certain lighting, it looks black. Is it your whole head? Yeah, my So it, re oh. it, it really confuses you when you go out because you don't know what color eyeshadow to wear. <laughs> well, I usually go with the red. There you go. Hey, everybody, oh, yeah. too, if you're hey, tuning Gene, in, you, hang wait, on. If you on want, wait, wait. If you want to, like, see us, hit the ITV button at the top of the W4CY website, and you can actually see us, and you'll see our guest, who We're getting ready to call in just a minute. And, Dean, all kidding aside, this is straight to the shoulder from a Brooklyn guy. I am so happy that we heard you today because I was concerned about you, and I asked Jimmy several times, what's going on with him? How come we don't know what's going on? Did he have a heart attack? Nobody knew. Now I'm glad you you set that record straight. Well, I did have one last. I did have back. one last month, but not this month. Okay, don't have any more. They're boring. Yeah, don't have any They're more. very boring conversations. <laughs> yeah, no. So don't have any more. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them either. Yeah, listen, I bet you don't. listen, when you come out to L.A., let me know. Come to Palm Springs. I'll make dinner for you. We'll we'll sit and schmooze. Sounds good. I just left there, but I'll be back. You left here without calling us, you prick? Well, I was, was in, in the LA. hospital what? one part of you, the time. You, you were here and you didn't he call. He was in L.A., not Palm Springs. Well, L.A. is not the moon. It's only an hour away. Yeah, but I, I got Two off the plane, away. went to the hospital, with, and got released from the hospital and went to the festival I had to do and then came home. If you were in the hospital in L.A., we would have come to visit you. I would have brought you a cyanide tablet in case. <laughs> you, you just would, bite on it, and you're gone. And, and the you, treatment I got in the hospital, I would have taken that tablet. 
<laughs> He's taking that. All right, you guys, we gotta get hey, we gotta Gene, get going with good, our guests. Good, good news that you're on. Thank you, baby. Thanks. Yeah, glad have, you're doing well. And, have a and great I really show, loved guys. Her. I mean, I know people out there know I He's tease. Joking. Yeah, because I love her. She's a cutie pie. If I didn't like her, I would ignore her. You know that. Have a great Thanks. show, guys. And if you beat up on Thank you. D again, I'm gonna have you taken out. Oh, that's okay. We have two other offers. Bra- Bravo's interested. I'm serious. He thinks we're kidding. I'm not kidding. I listen to me. No, you. We have to go. We no, have to- I got to tell him this. We were off. <laughs> we were off at a major television network, and I turned them down. Jimmy and I. You know why? They said we could no longer be on W4CY. They wanted us exclusively. Exclusively. And I looked at Jimmy and I said, Dean has been fucking damn good to us for nine years, Jimmy. We ain't no way ever going to abandon uh, Dean. We may do another show on a major network. But we're still going to do W4CY. We will well, never leave I, you ever until I'm very I happy that you're loyal to us and you turned out. I am loyal. I swear my mother. I'm, I don't network. pull shit. You know that. W4CY is the greatest network, and everybody who's got a show should exactly. be here. Exactly. And we're so happy and so comfortable on it. Everybody that's got talent, not you assholes that want to be movie stars, you know, but and people that truly have talent. I must go. say. Con- I no, must say, we love, on network. we love, love the Jimmy Star Show, despite the fact that you're on it, Ron. That's no, no, so it's Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, or I quit. <laughs> okay, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, or I That's quit. It. That's it. That's the title. All right, <laughs> anyway, right. you guys, we got to go because we got a guest who's waiting. We got to okay, go. On. Good talking. So Dean. everybody. Yeah, Dean, thank you. And I'm glad you're doing well. And D and Scott, you guys uh, ready? We're going to like play lethal injection and in doing so. Then we'll call Kirk Taylor and get him on the line. Are you guys ready to do that? Yeah. Just say here's lethal injection and name the song. And then as soon as you're done naming the song, I'll click play. All right. How about you, Scott? Works for me. All right, everybody, here's Lethal Injection, The Fall.
Still, it's still not very loud, is it? Yeah, oh, I see the line. Hey, you guys, we're loud on my end. Hello, hello, we're back. Hey, hey, D, we got to work out something better where I can hear the end of the song. <laughs> it, it, it faded really fast. I didn't. It like went very high and then like went boom really fast. So I didn't. There know we that go. It was, uh... So we didn't know. All right, everybody. Well, we're back, and that was Lethal Injection. The name of the song was The Fall, and uh, we have our next guest on, which we're going to make sure we can hear him before we uh, introduce him. Say something so everybody can hear you. Oh, this is Kirk. There North you Hollywood, go. California. Can you see me? I, I can't hear you two that well. Um, hello, hello. I don't, do you I have your volume should, all the way up? I put some headphones on like you guys have? Do you have a headphone? If, if it yeah, works, do, oh, yeah. Just a sec. All right, everybody. So while Kirk's going to get his headphones. We and could look at his mirror. It's we could look at his mirror Art and all the pictures. Mirror. Around Art Deco mirror. What's the mirror? big like, metal thing in front of it? It look, might be either a vibrator or a, uh, <laughs> a microphone. <laughs> A dildo, a I don't know, a stereo. I think I'm just going to have to tell you guys that we're back like Chad used to do. Okay, yes, we're going to have to do that then because I I didn't have any idea that the thing was over. I think that's going to be the best thing instead of you guys. Okay, I'm just going to have to listen while I can't find any headphones. Up your volume on your Up your volume on your computer. computer. Is it up? It's actually on my phone. Oh, okay. Oh, you're doing the phone thing. They suck those phones. The computers are better. Good picture, though. Yeah, he looks good. Anyway, everybody out there, you know who he is. All right, everybody, so we can hear him, so we'll speak up. Everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, musician, composer, teacher, stage performer, and well-known actor, Kirk Taylor. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. I'm so happy to be with you guys. I got everything in there, right? I think I got all the all you your different all. categories. You got it all. You didn't, um, you didn't get drag queen. Oh, because he's not a drag queen. You are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me introduce you to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, mean motherfucker. Hey, Ron. <laughs> That's what you are. You're a tough guy. I know you scare people in films. Well, you're not such a big tough guy after all. Actually, how tall are you? Six foot one. Yeah, he's a pretty he's big, a big guy. <laughs> The day I met Charles Bronson on uh, the set in London to shoot Death Wish 3, I asked him if I could take a picture with him. And he was like really gracious. He called me. He put his arm around me. You know, we took the picture. And then he says, hey, he was Jill Ireland was there. And so he said, Jill, come over here. I want you to meet Kirk Taylor. He's playing one of the heavies. I was like, wow. I'm a heavy. (laughs) Yeah, that's I think out of all your films that you've played the heavy 
more times than ever playing an angel or a good husband. He's or playing an. Like, he's playing. Uh, he's actually he's playing the bad disciple or something. We're yeah. going to talk about that in you're, a minute. We'll always, talk about you're that. always the bad guy. No, I he's mean, not always the bad guy. When do, but, when do we ever see him as a good guy? Well, you haven't seen everything he's been in. Well, I've seen enough. Uh, I like the Last Dragon, but I like a lot of them. We're going to talk about it. But first, we've got we've got our our, our two producers. Uh, By the way, the you're good. <laughs> yeah, I like your I like your work. You're good. You're not you don't overkill it like some of people they really you know, they just bring it to the max and it's so full of shit. He's also an acting coach, so he knows how to yeah, do it. Yeah, but he he's, he brings it in uh, he gives it to you in slow dose. And I like slow dose. Me too. I so don't, I don't like a character that comes on like, "Hey man, I'm a bad guy." You know, don't do that. They got to like look and say, "You know, I have problems in my mind and I'm a bad guy." You know, <laughs> So you, you sort of float into it. I do that when I work. I never read lines like they just started. You know what I mean? I, I sort of right. pre, pre, pre-suggest and then do the line. Yeah, they, there's always... There's all, the, that's directors, like the directors don't like it. No, but it's, it's like it's called playing the moment before, and it really can make the exactly. scene... Instead of playing it, like the whole idea is... I used to say to my students, I said, every entrance is an exit. Absolutely. Every, every exit is an entrance. Absolutely. You're coming from someplace, you're going someplace. So that's that's a great. Um, you got a good eye. And you got to sort of float it in and float it out. That's what I do. And directly, so hang on, let's like introduce them because some. they say you know you. Wh- where is that in the script? I said it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and then they don't look like me anymore. That, that's not true. No, directors like me. I had to change something. The last movie I just did, uh, Circus Road, because the line was, you see, I'm supposed to be like a, a hidden, a closet gay minister, and the guy that was feeding the line said well you know how they are and i said "Uh uh-uh we're not going to have that line in the movie because how and he was asian i said how would you like it if i said well you know how those asians are that to me is very disrespectful because what are they you know what i mean he said you're right ron what should we say say i have an uncle who's like that And that was nice because I was a nice minister. So that's what you got to do. Sometimes I don't have to tell you. You got to tell these directors, you know, get off your fucking high hat and like get real. Actually, he has a story he's going to tell us. I want to hear it now. I bullshit it my way. A good one. But hold on. First, we didn't finish introducing him. We want to say hi. We've got everybody knows who he is. We've got an engineer in Florida and and another one in uh, Philadelphia. So say hi to Scott and D. Hey, Scott and D. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Meanwhile, yes, she's, indeed. Looking, she's, looking get, she's looking to get laid. No, don't do, don't do that. No, okay. she is. Maybe he's interested. <laughs> he's married. She's not, or... That don't matter. She's a cute little yes, piece of shit. I know, but matter. she's also short, and he's six foot tall. Six I know, foot one, but that so doesn't, he, listen, a killer. Listen, <laughs> listen the, the inches is not in the height that yeah, counts. Well. Anyway, oh so God. you guys, this is Kirk Taylor. He's done a lot of things. One of the things I want to uh, bring out first because uh, you've done a lot of stuff, and I've actually seen almost everything that you've done. I've seen a lot of um, your work, too. But I'm a big uh, – we had Matthew Modine on the show, and oh. uh, I'm a big Full Metal, Mac, full metal Jacket fan. I actually yep. – actually, there's an audio uh, – like Matthew Modine did a book called Full Metal Jacket Diary all about the making of the book, and the company that I work with uh, actually released it and distributed it. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, you so, never like, saw that? It's a really no, cool. I heard thing. about him writing it, and of course, I know you know Matthew and I talked that before I left London. Uh, he started off. Him and his wife Carrie showed up in London. She got pregnant while she was in London. She had by, the baby. By you, by you or him? Not by me. I left her alone. Oh. <laughs> and and by the time they left, she, they had a two-year-old child. That's how long he was in England. So wow. he had a lot of lot of material for the memoirs. 
I mean, he, he, really, he, he is really a guy that impressed me. You know, we've done 4,000, 5,000 interviews, and out of all of the interviews, Matthew is still one of my... Uh, he was a good interview. He he, was he's fun. just an interesting guy. I mean, he really knows the biz. And he's having yeah, a resurgence now. So, so tell me a little bit about your experience, though, being in Full Metal Jacket. Like, was that a cool thing for you? Because that's a, such a cult. You know, you go on IMDb, it has something like 500 and something thousand, like, reviews or something. I mean, it's like a really big film. Wow. Um, it was I, – I actually, it's funny how I got the part. I was in England finishing up Death Wish 3 with Bronson, and I heard that Stanley Kubrick was casting – now, that was impossible, I thought, because he's been he started the film two or three years ago. I had sent a tape in and they said, no, no, he's literally still casting. He's a micromanager. I said, OK, so I called up the I got the number and I called and did a British accent. And I said, we have an actor here. His name is Kirk Taylor. He's working with Mr. Bronson. Mr. Bronson loves him. And so will you please have him come in and audition for you for Full Metal Jacket. And they were like, <laughs> OK. So I show up and I get on uh, and Kubrick's not there, but Leon Vitale, his right hand guy is there. And um, Leon puts a camera on. I said, can I tell Mr. Kubrick a story? He's going to watch this. He said, they said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I said, Mr. Kubrick, I said, um, it was show and tell in little Johnny's school. And it was little Johnny's Johnny's turn to share something about his family. So the teacher said, little Johnny, tell us about your family. He said, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, I had a brother, right, that went to Vietnam, and he got he got shot in the ass. And he said, she said, oh, Johnny, no, 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 no. We don't we don't say that in school. We say say rectum, rectum. <laughs> he said rectum, nothing. It killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and that helped me get the job. That was awesome, though. Well, you know, it stands out. Humor always goes places that serious shit doesn't, I find. Serious stuff people sort of hear with one ear, but humor they hear with both ears. That's Don't really you true. Agree? Think about Full Metal Jacket was that. It's like a very serious subject, but there was all this irony, and he had Born to Kill on his helmet, and he also had a peace symbol, and just the questions. I mean, even think about the fact that they end the film. This is something I didn't catch until later, really understanding. They end the film with these 18-year-olds, I mean, they're kids, and they're singing the Mickey Mouse song, carrying yeah. their guns and fire burning in the background. They're singing Mickey Mouse. Mickey These are Mouse. our children that we sent to war. Absolutely. The, the old guys make the decisions. The young guys pay with their butts. Absolutely. Well, the, the film had many messages, and you were very, young, you were very young in that film, yeah. and you did not have a mustache. You did I had... Actually, I had a must. I had a little bit of this, and I had it's a different mustache, but I kept it, and I had an afro because I talked to Kubrick. I had been in country for three years, and I was part of the Sea Tigers, the organization. I was like, I had beads on, <laughs> so I had something. I was trying to have a little '60s flavor in there. I love it. So one thing. Uh, wait, so wait, 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 wait. How many films before that one? Did I do? Yeah. Death Wish, uh, Last Dragon, Streetwalking, Cotton Club, like maybe, maybe who five. Are you, who, are you, who are you in the Cotton Club? Well, I see, saw that movie Club, a million times. I love that movie. You're gonna remember me in a second. When? Um, okay, so I'm. I was hired to be a special ability extra, meaning they trained me as a waiter busboy, and I was supposed to clean dishes off the table when they said, and I was always looking trying to find the camera. I would always turn toward the camera. That was your the first movie, one, right? In a white jacket, turning to the camera, 
all, anytime I had a chance. So I, I get an idea. James Remar is in a scene with Fred Gwynn, member of Herman Munster. Sure, uh, and, and James Remar is playing Dutch Schultz. And uh, uh, the, uh, Fred Gwynn was playing Frenchie. And so I thought, man, they should have some champagne in this scene. And so I ran across the room. I snuck and I grabbed a, 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 a you know, champagne bucket and was getting ready to come back. And the two ADs grabbed me and they said, what are you doing? I said, uh, I, I just thought it's a special occasion to ha- should have some champagne. They said, we don't pay you to think. We pay you to clean dishes off the table. Move back to one and we'll tell you when to go. And so basically I'm walking back and I, I'm dejected and I, I, I feel like such a fool. But I look and I can see Francis Ford Coppola right there. I mean, he's not far. I could get to him. And I start running toward him. <laughs> and the ADs, the ADs start doing a beeline to try to catch me. And they get to me just as I get to him. But I still I screamed, Mr. Coppola. And he turned and they couldn't say anything now because he's looking at me. And I said, Mr. Coppola, shouldn't there be champagne? Dutch Schultz should get champagne. Compliments of the house, right? And he said, that man has a creative idea. Put him in the scene. Bring out a case of champagne and five ice buckets for the champagne. <laughs> so I literally, I literally still, and I, and then I improvised the lines in because James Remar didn't know oh I was going to do it. You and I are twins. That's the shit he would do. <laughs> right? I, do this, I do the same shit. I redo the whole film. I do what you do. We have balls. We, lucky we don't get kicked off the picture. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. never been thrown off a picture yet, and I do my thing. I haven't been thrown off yet, too, but it's gotten close. But I mean, <laughs> I'm like you. I would have done what you did. It was sensational, you know, improvising. And I got you made my the first scene line. Ri- you made the scene richer. And, you got your, and he got his first line. That and was your first film, too, right? My very, very first speaking role. I had done uh, Ragtime. James Cadney did Ragtime with Howard Rollins, and I was playing an Italian immigrant in there. And that one I had, like, a curled-up mustache, a bowler hat. And I was like in the scene, just looking at a dead horse. So that was my first time seeing myself. And it was weird because I was like, oh, my gosh, that's me <laughs> in the 1890s or whatever it was, uh, turn of the century. So but that was the Cotton Club was the first one. And James Rumor did not know I was going to improvise that. So I said, excuse me, Mr. Schultz. He's like, oh, I, yeah. I think I think you're outrageous. You and I have to team up. I mean, we have to change Hollywood because they really suck nowadays. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. I'm I'm in the business 58 years because I'm 78 years old. So I've been in I, my first movie was in 1959 with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter. How do you like them apples? What a way to have a first movie. I played a soldier. Oh, and it took us three months to shoot that film. Tab Hunter had a day and a half of shooting for one scene where he's on the r- railroad station, picks up a duffel bag and yells, Kelly, come on. We did that a day and a half. Years ago, they, they rehearsed. They took, well, also Sophia Loren, they used to wet down the concrete to make it look better. And Sophia was walking with Barbara Nichols and she slipped and fell and cut her knee. So we had to shut down while Sophia was uh, being x-rayed and whatever. So wow. today... I'm a, I'm a, I'm doing a movie now in a couple of weeks. Which what's our shoot t- schedule? Ten days. Eleven days. Eleven days. How the fuck do you shoot a movie in eleven days? I know. I, I mean, Circus Road. I didn't even have a rehearsal. So I'm playing a minister. I'm about to marry these two people, and the guy gets crazy and he yells, "You fucking hoa! I know you're a hoa. You screwed my best friend." Well, I got so startled, I went, "Ooh!" And they came over. They said, "Ron, we heard you do ooh in your <laughs> mic." I said, well, I didn't know he was going to do it, and he scared me. <laughs> so, I mean, today working in film, I'm sorry you weren't around in the 50s and 60s. You would have had a better go at it because it was more professional, and 
it was just smoothly done. And I mean, I worked an 18-hour day, and I was dead. Years ago, I, well, I was younger also. You could work in 18... I, I mean, when I did television, you know, we shot that pretty fast. But movies back then were done well, and they looked well. Today, the movies that we're in don't look so good. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think that there, there are certain technical things that they can do better um, than they used to. But in terms of the storytelling sensibility and ta- good taste, sometimes taste really goes out of the window. You know, you, you don't need to show you know, certain things you can insinuate it. And a lot of the older films would insinuate it. And it, it, your mind went crazy thinking about what they're doing in the next room. Oh my God, I bet it's good. Yeah. Instead I, of actually showing it, they got to no. show the whole thing, man. They got to, they got to take you inside of it, make you taste it. No, it's true. Uh, love scenes or sex scenes back then, the ocean would appear or something. They had a way, <laughs> they had a way of letting you know that they're fucking, but we're not talking about it. Uh, I find today there's no continuity in the script. They shoot scenes individ- episodic. In other words, this scene and that scene, and then they edit it together. And when you see the film, you could actually see the abrupt stages of each thing they need to learn to segue in and out of the story they need to make the actors not read lines but act lines uh i find that most well i do shitty horror films i mean i don't do good major films so i mean (laughs) actually have to say with him because he's had a very everybody too listening so so kirk kirk taylor's had a really great career he continues to have a great career. He's got a new movie that's really fa- magnificent. Um, but but you haven't been in a lot of really crappy indie films. Like you're, I mean, if you look at your, you have Full Metal Jacket. That's a big credit. Pi- on, Pi- Spike Lee School Days. Big credit. Uh, the Bonfire of the Vanities. Big the Sum of All Fears. I mean, you got Ben Affleck, the, the, Morgan Freeman, yeah. all the people that are in the films that you did. These are all like superstars. The Last Dragon is a great movie. Yeah. I absolutely love it. You have major credits, and you work with you major know, people. She, he did a movie called Street Walking, which was probably his second or third movie with Leon, our friend Leon. Oh, I love oh, Leon. Yeah. Oh, I love He's Leon. been on our show a bunch of times. Julie, Leon is a Julie Newmar, Randall Battenkopf, they've uh, all been on our show. Julie Newmar. Yeah, how, about, how about Melissa Leo? Yeah. but Ju- She I, hasn't been on our show, though. I, know, I always pick out the people that have been on our show. I know, oh, Ju- I know Julie Newmar for the last 50 years. I know how we're friends. I mean, you did a movie, Jack, Jackknife, with Robert De Niro, Kathy Baker, and Ed Harris, The Return of Superfly, and even your television credits, you know, Law & Order, Chicago Hope, All My Children, NCIS LA. Uh, even indie films, because I think The Angriest Man in Brooklyn was probably an indie film, but it was I didn't James see Earl Jones, Peter Dinklage, Robin Williams, Mila Kunis. I mean, you're talking about... No, you're talking major You're Hollywood. like talking about like major house. So you're not making $150,000 movies. You know, you're making like big budget movies. And you're not, and you're not getting 150 a day. Or 100. <laughs> or 100. <laughs> he would do them. If the, if the script was good, you would do a good indie film, right? Well, I've done tw- I've done two really low budget. The first was a kind of a modified low budget. It was called MacArthur Park, and that was with Billy Worth, Thomas Bird. Uh, oh, Billy Worth's Cindy been on our Gimps. show. We just met him. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah, we have everybody on our show. We've, I, mean, we I actually met him back in the day because I was really good friends with uh, Brooke Wait, McCarter from the Lost you, Boys. Let me tell you something. There are four hundred and. F- no, f- how many? 450 million people watch us. 4.5. 4.5 million watch us. We're in 27 countries throughout the world. 178 countries. 170. I got everything wrong. I'm <laughs> fucked up. I'm old. But actually, Billy Worth, uh, actually, because our next guest after you is Harley Wallen, and he's done like four. He's Wait, a director, so writer, actor, I, and he did like four movies with I Billy Worth. What I want to tell you right now is if you're pushing something, get it out there because the world is listening. So go for We're going to be. We're going to be talking about his movie because, revival in a minute. Because you are. You are I, mean, <laughs> I, I want to see the Brooklyn one. I never saw that. Is it on and Netflix you know, it's, or it's, somewhere? I'll tell you an interesting story about that. 
I, you know, very, you know, in this business, it's, it's, you know, it's rain or rain or rain or poor. It, it, it's, yes. What is it? What's he saying? Feast, feast or famine. Feast or famine. And so I was going through a little bit of a famine period. I wasn't working that much. And I woke up that morning and I looked at my wife. I said, you got to pray for me. She said, about what? I said, well, pray that I, I don't feel I'm working enough. Maybe I made a mistake. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing full time. And pray that if it's God's will for me to continue to, to work in film and act, that he'll open the door for me. But if not, to make it clear, and I'll do, I'll can concentrate on my teaching. I had students like Chandra Wilson and Gary Dordan and, and Charles Malik Whitfield, Jose Zuniga. These people are working now. I said, well, I can go back to teaching. She said, okay. And so she prayed for me, got up, and I, I wasn't even out of the bed. Phone rings. Kirk, hi, this is Martin from Central Artists. I said, oh, hey, man. He said, Kirk, we were, we were just contacted by a major motion picture. They want to know your availability next week. I almost fell down. And I wanted to say, <laughs> let me check my schedule. But I decided to say, yes, I'm available. Yeah, yeah don't post and it. Within a week, I'm standing in front of Robin Williams and Mila Kunis wearing a New York cop uniform here in L.A. with a New York cop car, squad car next to me. And I'm looking up going, wow, okay. I guess that's pretty clear. I guess I'm supposed to continue to do this. Without, and it was with Phil Robinson. You ever see Field of Dreams or Sneakers? Yeah. Yes. I love Sneakers. Field he directed Some Fall Fears as well, which yeah. I was in. He's just a lovely man. Uh, Field of Dreams is one of my very – you guys have seen that one too, right? Yes. I, yes. That's I Kevin Costner, that right? That's I Kevin Costner in baseball. Angel yeah. Jones. Yeah. I want to go into another topic. What's your ethnic background? Okay. So coming up, my parents are African-American, but my mom is lighter than me. My dad's darker than me. And we just don't look like everybody else. And I asked my dad when I was 12, I was having a little bit of an identity crisis. I was like, I don't look like anybody in the neighborhood. I said, Daddy, why don't I look like, why don't we look like everybody else? He says, well, he said, besides the African blood that we have on both sides, we all have four or five tribes of American Indian. He said, we also have French on my side. We have Irish on your mother's side and my side. And we have English on our side. So he's running down this list. And then he says, oh, and, and we have a rabbi in the family. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But anyway, <clears throat> now the point I'm making with your ethnic background is the period that you had fama, blacks were not that accepted in movies. They were token guests, okay, in film. So were people my age. That's why I was not working for many years. Over the hill, over 50, over 60, and then right. fuck, this fucker's over 70. He can't even remember lines or breathe. So... <laughs> You know, you didn't get work. I have five pictures to do in a row. Five. Why? Because now SAG said we have to hire. They didn't say it. They just well, get a they, deal. They, did it. they get a better We rate. have to now have over 75-year-old actors. And the same thing with diversity. Now we have Hispanic. We have black. We have Indian. We have Asian. We have all kinds of people now in film because of diversity. And I think it's about time and it's wonderful because there are less. Well, last night we went to see Medea, who I love. I mean, I'm crazy about Medea's funeral. <laughs> now, the woman that played the mother went into a soliloquy about her husband who she hated because he was a cheater and banged every woman he could. Her performance was so brilliant. I think she should be nominated for an Academy Award. When you go see the film Medea, listen to when the mother talks about what her marriage was really like to her husband as she tells she was, her son. It was fabulous. The film, the film, I, I do you love, like Medea? Wait, wait. Do you like Medea? Do you know who Medea is? 
I, yeah, because we were, I was out on the, 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 his shows were what they called part of the Chitlin circuit at one point before he hit big time. Yeah. And the Chitlin circuit is a, a circuit of, of theaters that cross the country where you can go do these kind of gospel-y shows. And we were out on the road with a show uh, called What Men Don't Tell with um, a, a host of people, Kathy Sledge from Sister Sledge. Oh! <laughs> she was our very She's first TV friend. guest when I we turned. Are you serious? When I we love Kathy. Kathy's my too. sweetheart. I love her. She's my darling person. When we when we went from radio to TV, she was our oh, very first I guest. I love Kathy. Wow. Oh, and she, and she is so lovely, right? Yeah, she fabulous. Is, she is probably oh, one you're of, winning all kinds of brownie points here yeah, he's, we Kat, love her Kathy sledge is like my favorite person she was coming to our house because she lived in the next town when we were in pennsylvania and she was coming to my house with a hubby for dinner and she said do you mind if i bring uh a, um patty labelle <laughs> i dropped dead in the spot i said are you out of your fucking mind kathy patty labelle i wouldn't be able to cook or do anything i just make that bitch sing all night i love <laughs> patty labelle well, of course, it never happened, but I love Patty LaBelle. No, it, we, moved we moved here. We moved. And let me, I must tell the audience out there, Kathy Sledge, I am so sorry for you that you have never been graced with her lovely personality. She is probably one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed, and I interviewed her. And, and, knew, and no, I, I, I want to go back east just to see Kathy one day. I'm serious. Wow. Don't you love her? She's fabulous. Didn't you love her? We're out on the road for, with each other for like maybe three months, and I just I really love that girl. She's, She's just the sweetest, so talented. Yes. And we just had a, a cat. We had a great cast: Shantae Moore, Kenny Lattimore, Lenny Williams from the old uh, the, the, the Tower of Power group. Remember Tower of Power? Oh, sure, absolutely. Sure, sure, and sure, sure. We were out on the road the same time as Medea, and they said make sure that she has not played within two weeks wherever we go because she would be selling out and she would drain the money out of the community so nobody had money for tickets for us. So we always skipped any cities that she had been in. But she's a character. The character that she, she's not doing it anymore. That's the last Medea. And I'm the upset about it. The last one, yeah, they're not doing it anymore. Um, the storyline was adorable, cute. It showed black culture of today. Beautiful black people, gorgeous men. The one guy was gorgeous. And the beautiful women in a beautiful home, beautifully decorated. It was very funny. Which I enjoyed seeing. This is the black uh, culture of today and then they had the three old ladies come in that with the black culture of yesteryear and they were the, that's Medea and, and they, her two friends you could actually see how black people have grown in society uh, you know what I mean which I liked I liked the idea that they didn't show them yeah the mama coming ma'am you know that shit they got rid of that so now it showed black people equal to all the middle class white people and I enjoyed that but the three old ladies of Medea they hilarious. had the old lady thinking I mean funny the writers, I, I just... Tyler cra- Perry writes it. Who? He Tyler does. Perry. Medea writes it. He writes all he that writes himself? All those himself. He's yeah. got oh, yeah. writers. He's got writers. Oh, yeah. No, he, he writes it all himself. He does you think he's really for. serious about not doing another one? Because, I mean, that's what Sylvester Stallone <laughs> say it after... No, uh, it, they advertise it, it as Medea's funeral... Of whatever it is, last, last yeah, but that doesn't mean they don't come back because everybody does come back after they say they stop. I mean, so he you is, could be right. He about is that. so talented. He plays five parts with the makeup. He plays the old man with the no legs. He plays the the father that's a, that's has cancer. He plays Medea, the woman with the big tits. He plays the brother. Ed, the brother. I mean, he's he a talented everybody. human being, and he is so good looking. I wish he was okay. gay. I'd date him. I'd get dump, get rid of Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> get dump Jimmy and marry So, wait, him. hold on. So, hold on. Let's go back. Okay, so 
So you've got all these great things going on as well as being a teacher. But now you've got, because I want to make sure we have time to bring this in, you have a new film, and it's a musical film. So you sing that. I know you're a composer. Are you also a singer? Yes, yes. I'm an accomplished singer. But I, I literally tried to insulate myself from being pigeonholed as a singer. Because a lot of my friends that were Broadway musical people couldn't get film jobs because it was a time when they were sort of like, oh, yeah, you do that. Okay, you sing, you act. And so I, I, I tried to keep it on the down low, really. And then I, w I came in for uh, Five Guys Named Mo, which is a, a Broadway musical. It was on the West End. In I, I, know, I know that musical. You know that show? A Louis, it's a Louis Jordan uh, music box show. And I went in to sing for Cameron McIntosh, the British producer. And all of them had their mouths open. They were like, we didn't know you sang like that. I mean, they called me in because I was the right type, but they didn't expect much. And I got the role. And so I've been singing. I do, you know, I've done studio stuff. I have uh, was part of a group called the Angel Chorus that sang down at. Uh, you ever watched the Chris Cathedral, the Hour of Power show years ago? Oh yeah, Schuller, back in the day. Yeah, not me. Yeah. No, yeah, I so have. Yes, daughter took over, and I came in. We were singing that. So yeah, a lot of singing. And this one though, it's very unique because, I mean, I love singing that comes out of a real character need, not just a song they throw up against the wall, but something that needs to be said. That's really what a musical is. It's like, it's so much you have to sing it. And uh, I'm playing one of the great roles in this. I'm playing Simon Peter, the disciple that walked on water, uh, you know, acknowledged that Jesus was Messiah and then was rebuked as Satan himself. So uh, I have a great role. We use the name Cephas in it instead of Simon Peter because of... Um, okay, I was getting confused. I was looking at my notes and I was like, it says Cephas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cephas is, Cephas is the Aramaic, what, what literally would have been spoken at that time in, in Jerusalem and throughout Israel. So he would have been called Cephas, but in, it's, it's when, in Scripture. When we lived in Pennsylvania, our street was Cephas Drive. Yeah, we lived on Cephas Child Road. Cephas Child oh, Road. So, hang on, everybody. That was, that was our address. Our address was Cephas, Cephas Road. Cephas Childs. Cheapest child role. But hold on, let's tell everybody. So everybody, while we're talking about it, the film, it's it's a musical film. It's called Revival. It's a new rendering of the gospel according to John. Kirk Taylor plays Cephas. And, and you have musical royalty in this film. Shaka Khan is in this film. Oh, I love Shaka um, Khan. Michelle Williams, which if anybody who doesn't know Michelle Williams, she was like the third of Destiny's Child, one of the biggest selling female groups in history. Probably the biggest selling female group in history. Yeah, I would uh, say. Um, you know, and so it's got a great cast of people in it, um, and you get to sing in it. And I think nowadays, I think it's important that people know that you sing, because look at like what was that terrible movie that won all the Academy Awards that everybody Emma Stone sings in? I thought I hate. We didn't like that movie. Oh, was it La La Land? Yeah, yeah, like, and they can't sing at all. Like maybe those kind of roles could come up, and they'll put somebody who could actually sing. No, but you know, you know the expression "triple threat." came right. from these actors that do trip, triple everything. But, you know, when black people say to me they sing, I yawn, like, oh, really, that's such shocking news. I mean, I don't know any <laughs> black people that can't. Well, who can't sing that's black? I mean, black people <laughs> black people have a history. Johnny Mantis, who I love and adore. His favorite and singer. I, and I'm happy to say I know him. And I said to Jack, Johnny Mantis, we were food shopping in, it, in the bread basket in Hollywood together. And I said to him, um... You got started where? He said, in church. I said, I know. That's how come you have soul, and that's how come you could sing love songs from the heart. And Johnny wow. said, I, I do. He said, I do not sing songs. He said, I, I emote and feel songs. And that's why Johnny Mantis today is better than Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett. He is the number one vocalist in the world. And anybody out there that doesn't know who he is, kill yourself or find out who he is and listen to his music. 
uh, and Johnny, yeah, Johnny, uh, Johnny as great. a person, is delicious. He's the sweetest, shyest, most unpretentious man. He's so humble. I mean, he makes you feel like you're the star, and he's the audience. He's a lovely guy. So and do you I like have, Johnny Mathis? Did you ever meet Johnny? I have a Johnny Mathis story. I want you to pass this on to him. This is major. Oh, I haven't I seen him Johnny in years Eaton, now. Johnny passed away a few years ago. It was in 92. He was playing with different groups back in, in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And in the 50s, he was playing with a guy named uh, Horace Silver, Cape Verdean pianist. And he was at a piano player's party where Art Tatum was there, Errol Gardner, uh, of Earl, course. Errol Gardner. Yeah, Horace Silver. Uh, and they were playing the piano until uh, Art Tatum got on the piano. And st- he opened up the grand piano and started plucking the strings with his left hand and soloing with his right hand. So nobody wanted to go near the piano. They wanted to have lunch at that point. And <laughs> Johnny said, well, listen, I'm a bassist, so. He played piano and bass. He said, I'm mostly a bassist. I'm going to just sit down and play. And he started playing a tune he wrote called Blue Rain. And within minutes, people were gathered. They said, what is that? That's haunting. That's a very unusual melody. Uh, uh, play it again. He played it again. Eric Gardner said, can I, can I try it? He did. He sat down and played it. And uh, a year later, Johnny was in L.A., I think, eating. He said he was eating scrapple and eggs. And over the radio, he heard Sarah Vaughan say, look at me. I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. His song, the melody, the chords, Errol Gardner had lifted it. Now, a note about that. My trumpet teacher, Jimmy Owen, jazz trumpet player, he said, I believe that for two reasons. He said, first of all, I read the account of how he wrote the song. He was on a plane getting ready to land into Chicago, and the song was playing over and over and over again. He said he was rushing to get to a piano. He said, and secondly, Errol never wrote anything like that again. It's not like any style before or after. And, of course, that's the song that Johnny Mathis heard Errol Gardner play at a club with his, his father or uncle. And he looked, at his, he looked at his relative and he says, I want to do this. I want to sing. I mean, literally, Misty, my uncle's melody, my uncle's chords, what became, even though you don't know you know Uncle Johnny, he literally has gone around the world. His, his melody has delighted generations of people, and Johnny Mathis is part of that. He was very distraught, though, about losing the song, and he, he, he said he would go into clubs and drunk patrons would say, hey, can you play Misty? He said, yeah, I guess I should be able to play it. I wrote it, and they'd laugh. Well, I was, <laughs> food, shopping. I was food shopping with Johnny, the two of us together, and I'm amazed now. No one comes up to him and said, are you Johnny Mantis? And I said to Johnny, you know, this is the first time you and I have a public together, you know, where real people are, the, the audience. And he said, oh, no one knows who I am. I said, you got to be shitting me. Come on, Johnny, cut the shit. He said, Ron, nobody knows me. Now we get to the checkout counter, and there's a young man there. And I said, do you know who this is? And the kid went, no. I said, this is Johnny Mantis. He said, and so? I said, and so? This is Johnny Mantis, the greatest <laughs> singer in the fucking world, you moron son of a bitch. And he looked at me, he said, don't use that language with me. I said, in two minutes, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face, let alone use the language. (laughs) Now, Johnny is hysterical. He can't stop laughing. He's bending over, crying. He said to me, this is why I like you. (laughs) I I was so upset, you moron. You should be jumping across the the, the cash register and hugging and kissing the man. He's my my angel. The hit he had with Misty, he had a fight. The record label didn't want him to do it. They said, no, that's a girl song. We don't need it. He said, no, I'm singing it. He said, no, no, no. Yes, I want that on my album. He fought to have Misty on the album. And so, you know. It's a wonderful song. It's a great tune. And it is a very unusual melody. It stops stops on the major seventh, which is, you know, da, da, da. And then it drops. No, but Johnny was very 
I'm as helpless as a kitty up a tree, never knowing my right foot from my left, my hat from my glove. I get misty and so much in love with my bad voice this morning. But anyway, (laughs) uh, Johnny Mantis has an album out, uh, Open Fire with Two Guitars. And at a a cocktail party, I was sitting gabbing with him and I said, you know, Johnny, I got your album. This is years ago, 25 years ago. I said, I got you a new album, uh, Open Fire, Two Guitars. And the song that you sing in the beginning is absolutely incredible. And that's staring at an open fire, watching flames as they grow higher. Gee, da, 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 da. He said, you know who wrote that? And I said, no. And he told me, and I forgot the name of the group, but it was a famous rock, heavy, hard metal rock and roll group. And the guy wrote that song. And Johnny loves it. So people out there, go get open fire with two guitars. You can get listen it Listen to Misty. <laughs> and you can get it, it on. It's pretty new. The no, album? Like, no, it's like this, 25 or 30 no, years ago. No, I, I, I was with Johnny. I met Johnny a thousand years ago. Um, maybe 1969, 70. I don't even remember. It was years and years. I know I've met Johnny over the over the, the I know him about 35 years. We we we're not friends. We don't hang out. But when we see each other, we're we're, we're nice to each other. He likes me. He thinks I'm a little off the wall, but he likes me. And I think he's wonderful. And, you know, he was in a long-term relationship, of which we won't discuss. And then he had a stroke, and the person that he was with left him, which was terrible. And Johnny had to learn to speak all over again. His face was distorted. That's why sometimes when he hits certain notes, you see him do an expression like that. Yeah. And, and he he's very religious. He prays to the Lord all the time. He's not a born again, but he's a, a devout Christian. And he said that, with the help of the Lord and his prayers, he, he was able to sing again and talk properly. I love the man. I can't tell you more than that. Uh, that uh, to sin it if you've never met him because you, you're losing out. I wish I could. Oh, you will. You will. You will. Johnny's, Johnny's working again. He, you know, I couldn't go. I was so pissed off. He was here at our, our casino. And uh, I was going to call his in November. Agent, and I was going to call his agent and say, "Compass in. I want to go green room. I don't even want to see the show. I want to hear it from the wings." And I could have gotten that kind of clout, but Jimmy and I had a very major red carpet event to go to. That that was one of his clients, and we were just. I'm a publicist. And I was devastated. <laughs> I was devastated. I was devastated that I couldn't go that night because I haven't seen Johnny in. 10, 15 so hold on, let's go back. Let's get off the topic, Johnny. Let's go back to revival. Because how do people actually? Is that is it out? That can we see that film yet? Is it out yet? Has it the been film, distributed? Yeah, we did a we did a, a kind of a soft opening in December. We we premiered at the the Museum of the Bible in D.C. and then we went into ten cities for just like three or four days. Um, did well, and they said, okay, we're going to open it closer to Easter, which is perfect because it's dealing with you know the crucifixion, the passion of Christ. So they're going to open it, I think, April 19th in six different markets. There you go. Theaters. And so from there, depending on how the response is, um, we're going to you know, expand to other theaters. I mean, it's a very unusual film in that, it, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but it starts in uh, as a stage play. It's, it was written as a stage play by Harry Lennox. And that stage play, and he's, he's playing Punctious Pilot in it. He's got a great role. And that stage play, he said, let's film it. And that turned into a movie, and then it became a film, a, a stage play within a movie, because the, the main guy, Molly Music, who's a, a double Grammy nominee, playing Jesus, he goes into his dressing room and put, starts putting on the garb, and he looks into the mirror, and something supernatural happens, and he falls into the mirror, and he's in the first century. And oh, very then, cool. 
we got to, then it flashes back to uh, on the stage. Then it goes into the future, L.A. to 2050. So basically, okay. the idea is that the message is I call it Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell meet 2001 Space Odyssey. There you go. It's kind no, of I wild. think it's fun. That's, that's quite a, I a, mean, mix, a mix. You know what? We've got to introduce you to a good friend of ours, Thomas Churchill. He's a director and a producer. You know Churchill's name? No, no. Yeah, well, he's, he's a dear, dear friend of mine, and he does fabulous films. He doesn't do shitty horror films. He does okay. good horror films. In fact, I'm in his next film, which is called The... the no, 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 don't, don't. I don't. can't get you the can't, title. You can't talk about it at all. You shouldn't even be mentioning it. Well, anyway, it's, it's, I play... I play Untitled Project. Untitled Project, but, right. But, but listen, listen to this for what a stretch I have to play. I mean, it's going to be very difficult for me to play this role because I play a Brooklyn hood. <laughs> <laughs> With a heavy Brooklyn accent. What are you going to do? I don't know. i got to learn the Brooklyn accent now. You know? <laughs> Actually, I was thinking we need to introduce him to Harley. Like, oh, you have Harley. To follow, you need to follow me back on Twitter. I'm yeah, Dr. Jimmy Starr on Twitter. Watch, watch the show. Our next guest is Harley. Harley does phenomenal movies. He's, I mean, his movies are like the he best. He writes, directs, and acts in films. And Billy Worth has been in like his last two or yeah, three films. And I think he'd be we very think, interested. And he in would you. like you. I think he'd be very yeah. interested in your talent. I really think he would absolutely be happy that we introduced you to him. And, so let me, and he's, he does a lot of film, let me do, films. Let me do a little films. bragging. All right, everybody. So Kirk has worked with a whole, because I'm, I'm leading up to a question. Kirk has worked with a lot of really cool people. He's also a student of Lee Strasberg and... Stella Adler. He's worked with Leon, which she, he's been on our show. I have to mention the ones that have been on our it. show. We love Leon. Julie Newmar, Randall Battenkoff, Charles Bronson, Ed Lauder. I just like Ed Lauder a lot. He hasn't been on our show. Alex Winter, Barbie Wilde's been on our show. Matthew Modine, Spike Lee, Robert De Niro, Kathy Baker, Ed Harris, Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Kim Cattrall, Melanie Griffith, uh, Ben Affleck, James Cromwell, Peter Dinklage, James Earl Jones, Robin Williams, Mila Kunis, and a million other cool Chaka Khan, Michelle Williams. So you've worked with all these cool ass people. Who's on your bucket list? If you could work with any male and female actor that you have not had an opportunity to work with, who is the male and female actor that you'd really like to be uh, in a film with? And that's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, if you could have been in any film that's ever been made in history, what film would you have liked to have been in? Oh, wow. What a good question. Um, <laughs> the, the actor is without a doubt one of the craftiest of the method acting trio. And the trio is De Niro, Hoffman, and Pacino. Which one do you think I'm going to choose? De Niro. No, Pacino. I work with De Niro. Be, he already worked with De Niro. Pacino. De Niro, it would be Hoffman. Hoffman's dead. Doesn't matter. Well, what do you mean? With him? He's dead. He died. No, he didn't. Who are we talking about? Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, oh I'm talking about the other Hoffman. I don't even know. Oh, you scared Hoffman. the mess out of me. No, 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 not Justin. I no, he's going to pick Hoffman, actually. I thought you meant. I, I pick Hoffman. I you would, know the I Hoffman would. I'm talking about, the fat guy that played a, a gay guy once. Hoffman, he played. Uh, uh, That's uh, not his name. That was his character's yeah, I know, name. You, no. I know that. You're talking about um, the guy that was in, he was in one of the Mission Impossibles, too. Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's yes. who I'm talking yes. about. Yes. No, this thought. is Dustin Hoffman. He's the he's the craftiest. I've seen him on stage. I saw him twice in Merchant of Venice. I saw him in Death of a Salesman on Broadway. And I went multiple times to really study his work. And he is a brilliant uh, actor. And he directed a film a couple years ago called the something about the quartet. It was a quartet, something like that, which was brilliant. He is a brilliant actor. He doesn't like acting, by the way. 
in, in a sense that, you know, the, the whole method approach is trying to uh, not act it, but try to find a way to really engage yourself in something. Absolutely. That's Be the part or don't do the part. Right. I always so, say. So that's otherwise, the otherwise you're reading lines. So that's lines. the guy. What about the girl? Okay, give us a female that you want to like act up. And don't say Meryl Streep. Well, if he wants uh, to. Every, everybody person. says Meryl Streep. We need a new name. I, You know, somebody that I've always kind of admired, there are two, Ellen Burstyn and... Oh, um, fabulous. She's something else. Ellen Burstyn, and there was someone else that just came to mind, too. But, yeah, Ellen is a, a very... Oh, Shirley MacLaine. Oh, I know Shirley. Shirley's incredible. She's a very interesting woman. Oh, and out of her I mind. Love, she's so interesting. You ever see Being There? Yeah. Oh, sure. I've seen every. I've seen all of Shirley's work. Oh, Shirley McLean is probably. I've met Shirley three, four, five times. I was in a limo with her and Joan Rivers, and I got to tell you, if we if we had a camera there, we would have had a show. <laughs> You never heard you never heard such language in your life, not even sailors. And I was in the middle of Shirley here, Joan there. Joan just finished doing uh, a thing in, in a nightclub where she would rehearse her lines and to see if the audience liked it. And then we'd all have to say what we liked and didn't like of her jokes. Now we go outside and Shirley McLean needed a lift to get home. I don't know why she didn't have a car. But anyway, Shirley gets in the car with Joan and I'm with Joan and we get in the car. Between those two broads, I mean, it was, I can't even remember, I was laughing so hard. They are a riot together. I'm so sorry they were never cast in a TV show together. A movie? No, not a movie, a TV show, because you want to see it every week. They are a riot together. It was an evening I'll never forget. The, the, the limo never moved, by the way. It stayed there for hours, and then I got out, and then the girls took <laughs> off. But I mean, we we were going to go for Mexican food at what's his name's place on Sunset. I love it. All right, so let's go to anyway, film. Shirley what McLean film is real? She's what film a would you have liked person. to been in? What film would you have liked to been in? I would have liked to have been in The Godfather, and play okay. and either with that you know Brando and James Caan and Pacino. Uh, I would have loved to have played one of the like the adopted son, or something. There you go. I actually used to live in Astoria, Queens, and... Oh, go I, away! Go away! Stop! Halt! You have five minutes, so... I lived in Astoria all my life. I was born in Brooklyn, and we moved to Astoria, Queens, when I was about seven or eight. Oh, my And I, I grew up in Astoria, Steinway Street, Broadway, 31st yeah. Street, the L. I mean, Rainy Park, Astoria Park. I used to make out in Astoria Park down on the river with my girlfriend when oh I was a teenager. God. I love I know. that neighborhood. <laughs> you know, Astoria Park used to be all Italian. You know what? Italian. Greek. They thought I was Greek. When well, I went to Italian, well, no, wait, wait. Dipmars and Dipmars Avenue was all Greek. But then if you went further towards New York to Ravenswood, Astoria, they were all Italian and Jews. But he said that right. they thought he was Greek. Oh, yeah, because he looks they like a Greek. Greek. They thought I was Italian. They thought I'm Egyptian. I had Egyptian yes, guys. You look, you look Egyptian. I got to New York. It was very frustrating because nobody knew I was black. <laughs> well, you know, no, no, nobody should pay mind to that anyway. So, I mean, True. that's not that's not a reason. I mean, you you look multi anything, you know, like I look multi anything. I, people think I'm English, Irish, French. I'm Italian and Jewish. I, I'm 100 percent, you know, Italian. But, um, yeah, living in Astoria was wonderful as a kid. We swam in the East River and uh, we hung out at Astoria Park, made out swam? with our girlfriends. Wait, you swam in, in, in the, the East, East River? East? Yeah. And I we used to. New York, it was it was it was uh, radioactive. 
Well, that's why I'm 78 and I look 50. Because the filthy water, we used to have condoms that were knotted, float by, and we'd push it away because the sewer used to empty into the East River. Then lumps of shit would be floating and we'd he push He thinks that that's why he never gets sick and that's yes. why he looks so good. Because when they were young, they all swam in the East my River. Immune <laughs> system, my immune system is so strong because I swam in a sewer. East River was our beach. I mean, we cut. I went to PS 83, which was right on the East River in Ravenswood on Vernon Boulevard. And we used to cross Vernon Boulevard and go down the marble yard and swim in the river on our lunch hour and then come back. Now, when I got home, my mother would smell the river on me. So she said, Give me your arm. And she licked my arm and she tasted the salt. And then she gave me a shot behind the head. Stay out of that river. You could drown in that river. What are you, crazy? Never said anything about the rats running around the rocks or the condoms or the shit floating or the urine that was in that river. Oh, she said, oh, she knew. She just didn't care about that. She just didn't want me to drown. But I love the story of growing up. Wait, what was he he going to do? He was telling us because he said that they they didn't know what ethnicity he was. Well, yeah, because you know what? That's funny. When you're Latin or dark, I mean, when I'm in the sun, I could probably look mulatto. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if my features are, but I get really black, and people don't know what I am. I'm taken mostly for Hispanic. So hang on, you guys, because we've only got a couple of we got Not like two minutes. Not with the white hair. Don't forget, I had jet black hair. Yeah. And dark. So when I was dark with jet black hair, I look very ethnic. So very, you guys, very, this very is Kirk Taylor. You can follow him on Twitter. His Twitter is I am Kirk Taylor, K-I-R-K-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Do you have like a website or a Facebook fan yeah, page yeah. or anything it's we should send people to? Official.com. So check out his website, KirkTaylorOfficial.com. Right. Halt. I like you so much, and I think you're so cool that I think that Jimmy should privately invite you to an event we're going to. It's a very big event. Can you get him in? Oh, I don't know. I have to see. We'll see if we can get you in. (laughs) But if we can, we want you to go major event. Movie people. It's mostly music. It's music. I'd love to meet you guys in person, too. Yeah, I want to meet you because you're a cool guy. I mean, and I like your work, so I don't have to bullshit you by telling you, oh, I think your work is good because I hate We also want to give a shout out to Lori DeWall from DeWall and Associates. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And I normally don't uh, advertise other publicists, but like she's getting us some really great guests, and you're a great guest, and we appreciate her reaching out to us to have you on the show. And uh, I just love Lori. We've been working together for a few months, and what a, she worked with Rod Steiger. Oh my God! Remember Rod Steiger? Rod Steiger. She worked the with strangest I mean, man I mean, in the world. Hudson. She's worked with so many people in the industry. So it's like she's a gold mine, and she's just as she's a lovely person. You did you meet her ever? I've never met her. She just emails me uh, with suggestions for you know people that might be good guests, and we work with a lot of cool publicists. Most of the time, I get everybody on Twitter because I have a huge Twitter and following. To, and to counteract that wonderful compliment you gave her, my guy, Jimmy Starr, was voted the number one publicist in the world. So how do you like that? <laughs> so let wow. her beat that. It's true. It's two, true. Twice. Two different organizations two named me as the be- best entertainment publicist. Yes. Yeah. That's outstanding. Jimmy gets we have them working. Jimmy gets them working. We, we love anyway. it all. But either way, I think you're fabulous. We would love to meet you. Um, I don't actually. Uh, you know the event I'm talking about. And yes, you know, I do. You can, if they want to see any, if they want to check on Revival where it's going to be uh, April 19th, they can look on www.revivalthemovie.com. Do you have a red carpet event? We had one in D.C. Already for the not world, LA, not but not I don't LA. think they're going to do a regular. They may do something in Chicago, and they're going to be used in Chicago. I mean, a bunch of uh, Atlanta. Um, if you do LA, let us know. We'll come to your so, carpet. Uh, Where do you guys live? We're Palm in Palm Springs. Springs. 
Palm Springs, Florida. Okay. Fairy, no, no, California. California. California, Fairyland. We're in Palm Springs, California. We go to L.A. twice a week for events. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I thought yeah, I was we flying to Florida to meet you guys. This no, no we, we live in dinner or something. Absolutely. We, we live in Fairyland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, he he might not. We're actually married. We're, we're married. Gay. We're, we're gay, gay and married. Couple. We're gay and couple. I know so. you never know. I was gay. This one looks like a big fruit, but <laughs> I'm a tough guy. So here's so. what you got to do: follow me on Twitter, and then uh, I'm Doc Dr Jimmy Star on Twitter, and then send me a message because I don't think I don't have any contact information for you because uh, I was contacting everything through Lori, and we'll see if we can get you in some stuff. And I have to tell you okay. something: Jimmy yeah. and I are the first gay married couple to be on television and not been kicked off. Wow. So I think we've done something for gay people. I think we, we, we are set a precedent for gay people. Represent. There you go. We are representing. So everybody, this is Kirk Taylor. we got to actually go because our other guest is expecting Kurt, our call. Kirk, you're fabulous. Huh? How do I watch the next show? Um, go to W4CUY.com and hit ITV at the top. And you is, can is watch it. Twitter Otherwise, you'll hear it. Instagram. No, neither. Just go right to your website. Yeah. Go to www.w4cy.com. How about he just types in Jimmy Star's show with Ron Russell? It won't show up that no, way. We have to get that. Not to get the link. We you can't get, get the link way. to watch it. It'll take you to our YouTube You have and to watch it because the next guy coming on, we're going to introduce you to, and he's a big shot. You'll somebody, like Somebody him. you should know, and he's a sweetheart of a guy. Tough yes. guy. He's like us. He's a tough so guy. W Talks tough. W4CY.com. All right, we got to go. We got to go. All right. Love you, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. Good. You so great. Thank you. Bye. Good show. You, you gave too. Us, you gave us a wonderful show. I love it. Thank you. Hey, good boy. Bye. Good going. Bye-bye. Bye now. Nice. Bye. What a nice All right, everybody. Guy. So listen up. You can hear us every week on W4CY Radio, K4HD Radio, Hit 1069 FM, Jackalope Radio in St. Louis, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, Audio Boom, Spreaker, Apple TV, iTunes, and Podbean. And on television, you can see us on Vimeo, YouTube, Roku, Comcast On Demand, and soon you'll see us on the Dish Network. Um, all right, Scott and D. Yes, Was yes, he not yes. the best? Let's the try. Guest. Let's try and get our next guest. So, so Scott, we're going to go with the plan that we're going to play uh, BU while you're getting them on the line, and then we'll play the trailer for everybody. Is that work? Are we going to play? Get them on the line. Are we going to play BU and then the trailer right after it? No, we're going to play BU, and then once we have him on the line, we'll uh, play the trailer. We'll make sure we got him, and then we'll come back and introduce him. Okay, so we're going to play BU by World Five. Then come back live once we have him, and, and we'll tell everybody what we're doing. Okay, sounds good to me. You just let us know when you want us to play Inter it. Yeah, introduce BU. We'll kick it off, and then I will call Harley. All right, everybody, check it out. This is BU by World 5. Enjoy. What's on your mind? Weighing it down or pounding another hellish kind? Looking in, in times like. 
Okay, you guys, we're back. All right, everybody, that was BU by World 5, and now we've got Harley Wallen, which we're not really going to introduce him yet uh, until we play the trailer for his brand-new film getting ready to come out called Abeyance. And, and the reason that we're doing this so everybody knows how we're doing this this way is because now that we're on Comcast and the Dish Network and stuff, we can't play those during the interview because they're afraid that they're going to have some kind of, like, problems with trademarks and rights and all that stuff so i have to play it ahead of time and keep your interview separate so we want everybody to see it and then we're going to come back and talk about it also awesome. we want to make you suffer while you wait to see harley yes that's right well everybody can see him they just can't hear him well, so anyway make you suffer so you can't hear him you little dog um so so d and scott are you guys ready if i introduce it i have the trailer up and ready and what, Scott? Have, what, what have you got up and ready? Ooh. We're talking about she's... abeyance, yes? I'm ready to Yes, rock. we're oh, talking I about abeyance. she said she was up and ready. So you got it ready? Everybody's ready to go? Yep, just tell us to yep. hit play. All right, everybody, good. this is the trailer for the soon-to-be-released new <clears throat> film by the incredibly talented Harley Wallen. It's called Abeyance. Enjoy. If you ever want to see your daughter again, shut up. I need you to follow the rules without question. That's why there is five million dollars in it for you and your boys. Deal. We're the lead research company transplanting human heads. We're breaking so many laws right now, Oliver. I'm still awaiting clearance on human trials. 
All I can say is, get it done. But you don't have to take this stand. It doesn't have to be in a fight. We know that they're selling this technology to the highest bidder. This whole thing is too big for us. Now the richest of the rich have their fountain of youth. We started this company. Nine These are some of the most powerful people in the world. And she's about to spoil their attempt at life everlasting. Not only should we continue to do this, we must continue to do this. We have to. Okay, you guys, we're back. So that was a band's Harley Allen's brand new film. Harley, say something, and then we'll introduce you. All right. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented actor, writer, producer, and director, Mr. Harley Wallen. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Uh, we were supposed to be on about a month ago. Uh, yeah. The unfortunate... Uh, Death Unfortunately, your, death of your, Chad. Chad, yeah. passed, Chad passed away. Yeah, so we're happy to have we, you we back. Could, we couldn't do the show without Chad that first. We were devastated. Yeah, it took us a month. Yeah. It, it took me a long yeah, time. Yeah. I'm still not over Chad. I, I miss Chad all the time. I but we have, we have we have new people we're working with now. We want you to say hi to them. We have In, in Florida, we have Danielle. Hello, hi hello. Hi, Danielle. Hi, how it, are you? I'm great. She's looking for a lover. Yeah, so if you know anybody, we need to hook her up. And then we have, um, uh, in Philadelphia, we have Scott. So say hi to Scott. Hey, hey Harley, Scott. how you doing? I'm great. How about you? Good, good, sir. Meanwhile, Harley is like one of our, I guess, we can't call, we can't call you a guest, Harley, because you're really not. You're a friend. I right. mean, you're, he's a friend that's on our show. We have a lot of our friends on our show. But I got to tell you, this son of a bitch is knocking out fucking hit after hit. I don't know what he's got going. I think he's in league, he's in league with the devil, I think. And uh, it's amazing what's going on. So tell us a little bit about Tell us about Abeyance first, since yeah. we just played the video for right. it. Yeah. So Abeyance uh, is a bit of a brainchild from... Uh, I saw on Facebook that there's an Italian doctor that's attempting to switch heads on two human beings. Uh, one has a brain dead but a brain dead head and a fully functional body. The other one has a, a, a body that's not working with a fully functioning head, and they're they're legit thinking that they can actually do this. So I just started thinking about the ramifications of of life everlasting, about being able to switch and whatever else. And how far are we from being able to download our consciousness and maybe uploading it into a brand new uh, uh, meat suit uh, to continue living in? So that's the premise of the film, is that they've just figured out how to do that. Now you're talking like an alien, you know that. <laughs> because the, the extraterrestrials of millions of years ago that were here on this planet were doing that. The Egyptians yeah. did that. When humans had wolves' heads or, or cow heads, they were doing that. They were switching the heads from humans to animals. I love it. So it's not new. It's just mm -hmm. been remem remembered. And yeah. this film has got to be like, I think it sounds it. awesome. So forget it. It's fresh. It's new. No clowns. No clowns. Retro, retro no new, right? <laughs> yes, right. it's retro new. You no, guys, no clowns. So I'm so happy. You guys, you spell abeyance, A-B-E-Y-A-N-C-E. -E. This movie stars... Scout Taylor Compton, who's probably like one of my favorite women oh my in, God, horror, she's in horror. So good. 
Scout oh, Taylor Compton, that. you guys know her from Rob Zombie's Halloween and a zillion other things, but right. like she, she works. She's she works a, a lot. Richard Tyson, who was also in um, uh, Betrayed. We met Richard yeah. Tyson at your movie premiere. Yeah. Bailey Worth, who I knew before, but he was also in Betrayed. Jan Birch, who was also in Betrayed. And right. on our show, Mel Novak, Katie Wallen, who's your wife. You yeah. Gorge, Gorgeous. By the way, how did you get her? Uh... <laughs> I mean, what did you how, what did what did you promise her or lie to her about? She's gorgeous, sexy, beautiful she is, body. She's stunning. I, so I, what I, what made her love you, and I, not I, me? I think, I think it's the <laughs> I think it's the package. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love it. That's good boy, good boy. The, the full the full package. How do you think I got Jimmy? I whipped it out and he fell in love. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, what are you going to do? Hey, so, I'm, I'm Italian. You know, Swedes and Italians, they're pretty big. I have to say, though, because like, I, okay, yeah. so I went, you guys, Harley's really got, uh, he's like a very in demand. He, he directs, he writes a lot of his stuff. He directs, he acts in it. He's also, because I've been, I went on your IMDb and looked at I'm all these different things. You. No, no, I, got, I, I have to I'm interrupt. I'm out of space. You. Shut up. I watched Harley's performance. And I thought in betrayed, my, no, the one that with, where they kidnapped the girl. Yeah, betrayed. betrayed right. <laughs> well, I get confused, and I said to myself, the man can act, and if a man can act, he can direct. Oh, and he's fantastic. So wait, wait, you missed up my whole like train of thought. So, so Harley, you guys no has games, abeyance, Agramon's Gate, starring Lorene Landon and Jan ah, Birch ah, and Harley stop, Wallen stop and Katie again, Wallen. Stop again, <laughs> Lorene Landon, my dream angel. I adore her. We are the closest. Yeah, now wait a second. Do you want to break some news? I, I'm gonna wait. You do your thing. I'll Lorene Landon exclusively today. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. We love that. That's I fantastic. Love, I love her with all my heart and soul. Lorene Landon is, is my dearest friend. She's an angel from heaven. But wait, then you have betrayed that we saw with John Savage, Richard Tyson, Billy Worth, T.J. Storm, Jan Birch, and you and your wife. Um, Bennett's song with Tara Reid, Dennis Haskins, and how do you pronounce this name? Calhoun Koenig. Is that how we pronounce her name? That, yeah, that's the young Asian girl that's in uh, a fair amount of what I do. She's phenomenal. What a phenomenal young actress she is. Um, and then you also have a movie coming out, uh, Enigma, with T.J. Storm and Dennis Haskins. I have a purpose for this. And a Bennett okay. song, Holiday, which I guess is going to be the sequel to Bennett's song? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and one thing I'm, the reason I'm bringing all this up, if you, if you guys go on IMDb and search Harley Wallen, he has built a cottage industry of films with, with A minus B plus fantastic actors that are really all working all the time. Like Lorraine all, Land. All recognizable. Everybody knows who they are. And, and he, everybody, in every film, he's got a few of the people that he worked with in the other films and he gets distribution. His movies sell. They're fabulous. The acting is great. Because he's a good director. He knows how to fucking act. He's not one of these, <laughs> like, my, my, you know, like my last, my last director, I won't mention his name, but he should drop dead and rot in hell. He was the worst <laughs> human being. It was a second movie, and he treated us like trash. And he was so mean to us, and he was homophobic, and there I am playing a gay minister. And, I mean, it was just a horrible wow. event. And I'm so sorry I returned to film, and my first film had to be crappy because I'm used to, you know, movie. I was directed by what's his name, the biggest producer, the director in the world, Luft. Anyway, <laughs> he doesn't remember. My mind 78. Went. Which, by the way, 
if you start shooting, if you shoot any films in L.A., we the guy that we just had on the show before us just did a movie with Billy Worth not too long ago. We're going to introduce and his name is his name's Kirk Taylor. He was in um he was in Full Metal Jacket and Death Wish Three oh, and a whole bunch of cool movies. But anyway, we told him you, we have to introduce him to you because if you need a, a stellar guy, this is like one really good guy. Part, the beautiful part is he could be African American, Egyptian. He could be Greek. He could be uh, so many characters because his face is conducive to everything and i've oh, seen cool. his work i've watched his work for a long time mm-hmm. and he's a fine actor so, as a person he's a sweetie pie as a person one problem he's like me you'll take over and redirect and reset the sets and build <laughs> and and write the story the correct way <laughs> no that was just once he, he t- did it once with francis ford coppola and it worked but anyway wow. Um, so, so let's. He so, told Francis Coppola there should be champagne in the scene, and Francis said, "Get a glass of champagne." Yeah, so was, I mean, he's got balls. I like balls. You gotta like love it. So tell me though, like, like obviously that's 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 all planned out, and you're doing because like you have like ten films, upcoming yeah. projects. I mean, you're always working. So you've yes. built yourself a team of go-to people that are are big enough, big names to get distribution. They're all good actors. Um, they all work together well, obviously, because they're all in a bunch of films yes, together. But his star of stars is Lorene. I understand. <laughs> no, 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 no. He loves Lorraine. We love Lorraine. No. Yeah. She's up, she's she's up, for, she, she's up for war. That's she, his film. That I, is up for of course I know it's his film, You Moron Queen. <laughs> but she's up for an award. I, I was told by people that she plays a drunken, no good wife to Bruce Stern. No, that's not his film. That's not Harley's film? No, that's Churchill's film. Oh, fuck all of these people. Agamon's Gate is his <laughs> film. Wait, which one is that? Agramon's Gate is the one. Tell us about Agramon's Gate. Refresh my well, mind. Agramon's Gate is a, is a horror movie with a with a story. Uh, was that so with the bikers? It, with the bikers? No, that's no. Well, that's no. the one with the bikers. No, that's- so this is the demon, the demon that comes back after and says that he is the father of the couple that just started their thing at the seance. Uh, so, so essentially, they do a seance to talk to their dead relatives, and back comes Carter, the father of the couple. Little did they know, it's not just the father, it's actually uh, Agramon, the demon of fear, coming back to essentially scare them all to death. Um, and, and, and that's how it gets power. Why haven't I seen this film? Why haven't I seen this film? Has it come out yet? It's not out. It's not out. Well, that's, why that's didn't you, why didn't you send us... Why didn't I you send oh, Wait, wait, he's got an announcement. Hold on, the trailer's out, so he's going to give us an announcement. Oh, I don't want First of all, the Lorene... Wait, I want to see this film. No, no, it sounds L- good. Lorene got nomi- is nominated for something in this, though, right? Yes, yeah, she has uh, actually won a couple of things and a couple of nominations, uh, and the film itself is, has done incredible. Uh, the biggest news, though, came today. Uh, probably 15 minutes before we got on, I in my inbox, there's a message. Have you heard of uh, 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 World Fest? Uh, film festival. It's a 52-year festival in Houston. Yes, uh, yes. They they have awarded Spielberg and it's a big else. it's a big festival. Yeah, and they uh, just notified us that we're uh, we're finalists. Yay! Oh, you're gonna win. So, this this plot sounds good. When 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 can I see the film? Can I see it before it's released? <laughs> <laughs> actually, we are actually currently negotiating. Uh, some pretty cool distribution stuff, but I don't. We don't have signatures yet, uh, so that will have to be. We'll have to break that on a different are, show. Are, are, hey, we'll are, break that are one on a different totally show. Are you totally clean and edited and ready for view? Uh, we are probably a tweak away from that. Perfect. 
Okay. I can't wait. This is a good plot. I love Devils yeah, and I love seances. I'm sick of the other shit that I'm in. You know, I got five movies I, I play. Thank God I play different characters. One I played a minister. One I play a mafia. One I play a a, 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 a Buddhist drag queen. <laughs> That's a good comedy. It's a comedy. And then the other one I play something else. But the movie I just finished shooting, Circus Road, is a clown movie. Clowns are popular right now. But I play a minister. Watch them. I don't think the movie's great, but I was. <laughs> um, you know what? Sometimes you get one or the other, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So also though, because you're another way that you have segregated yourself outside of the indie pack, um, is that you don't do any one kind of film. Bennett's song is family film. Agamon's Gates a horror film. Betrayed's a thriller, action thriller. Um, yeah. you know, you've kind of like uh, not pitching your hold in, yourself into any one category, and I'm sure you did that on purpose. But tell us a little bit about, or, and the people, because there's a lot of people who are in entertainment. You know how yeah. you did your thinking for all of that. Well, I think to me, uh, I, you know, now everything has moved to how many followers do you have on Instagram when you get casting calls and everything else. And I feel that so many films these days are shaky in acting or shaky in story, and you can poke holes very easily. So, so I try to return to what's a great script, what's great, compelling characters, what's interesting, uh, and, and go from there. That, that's uh, much more important to me than anything else. And then I am a, a, an acting snob. And, uh, and, and, uh, an acting and snob. Really, really, I am. I'm a, I'm a pain in the ass. I'm the guy who will sit down and talk about these great people that paved the way for us, the coaches of the... Sanford Meissner's and the Lee Strasberg, like I, I'll sit and talk that all day, and the different philosophies, uh, you know, ab about how to how to be a uh, an actor, and and that, and so I cast everything myself. So what, what you, to leads? What you're saying is you're standing on shoulders of greats. Amen. That's it. That's wonderful because I'm from that era. I'm 78 yeah. years old, so I'm from the 1940 era. Um, I've I've, I've been in film since 1959, and I've watched the difference. Uh, when, I, when we shot That Kind of Woman with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter, it was professionally done. took three months to shoot the film. Uh, today, they do a 10-day ten, film. It shows it's 10 days. It's, it's, it's green. It needs work. They don't really care. They make the title good. They push it out there. They hope they get five bucks for it. They get it. a good poster. You know what I mean? But your work is different, and I know that you don't really want to be a $5 movie. So no. you, you, you put into it what was the quality of work. Uh, that's, that's the word. You, your work is quality. And well, a lot of these... No, I, people, I, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because yeah. I don't need to. A lot of the people, too, though, that you get in your films... You like know, Laureen Landon, I mean, how you got her? I don't know. She's a very busy actress. You must have really begged hard to get my Laureen. <laughs> and she's yeah, so I'm, I'm, she's I, so gorgeous. She oh so my phenomenal. god, is she beautiful? Oh, that face! Yeah, I look at it you for wait hours. Until you see her in Agramon's Gate, though, because all that beauty and and uh, and we she plays a psychotic mother that essentially blamed her son for being. The demon who possessed her father, her her husband. Uh, she is not. She, she you, you. She's still beautiful. It doesn't matter what you do. She's an actress. She's an actress. Well, watch her. She is amazingly breathtaking in this movie. 
I, 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 also I love have, her. I, I also she, have to say, she talked to me about this this film. You also have a very good. You must have a very good rapport with everybody that you work with because, like, nobody. I like to Google people. It's just something that I do. And like, yeah. there's not a bad word written about Harley Wallen on the internet anywhere. And. Uh, like, He's quality. Nobody says anything. There's no. There's not like bad things about your films. There's not bad moods. Like, oh my gosh, he's a dick. There's nothing bad about you. Yes, and anything there's that something you're... very bad about his films. There's something about his. Yeah, films. they don't have you in them. <laughs> That's it. You took the line out of my mouth. He took the fucking line. He does that. He steps. I on also my... have to say, no, he steps on. on my lines all the time. No, I was going to say. No, another good show of that, you guys, and for the world listening, who who everybody should be watching, Betrayed. It's really a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But when when Harley did his uh, his movie premiere his red carpet premiere of Betrayed it was a fabulous event and a lot of people who are yeah, stars in his we go to your shit all the time are you kidding uh, but a lot of the people who were there to support you were not even in that film and you had yeah. Scout Taylor Compton and you had um, Tara, uh, Reed. J- Tara Reed Taylor and Reed. Jake Brandon Busey Adams. Yeah, you had like all the Dennis Haskins, Jeff Busey was there. Everybody, all those people that aren't even in your films, you know, came to support you, and that shows a lot, you know, for an independent filmmaker to get that kind of talent, you know, to come out and support just a screening of a film. Well, they're not stupid. Neither am I. We go there, kiss his ass a little, maybe we get a movie. What do you think? This is a whore business. We're all whores. <laughs> We're all whores looking to we get, get We got two, two more premieres coming up, uh, in uh, I think, in September. And I'm hoping that we can kick off a theatrical run with at least one of them. There you go. I hope so too. We Which, love that. What films so are there? You know you're going to be invited as. And, all right, and you know we're going to. You know we're going to be there. We'll be there. What, what, fil- what, what films are they? Can we t- use the title? That's another it, thing. It, it, it is Agramon's Gate and the Bands. Okay. Uh, we're okay. currently editing a Bennett song holiday, and uh, I'm telling you that that film could be the best thing we ever did. It's uh, the Corbin Burnson was. I mean, the only one I would put up against him in straight-up acting chops is is Tom Sizemore. Just electric on screen. I mean, uh, Corbin is special. I, I mean, I, I've liked him in a lot of things that he's done, but to direct him and to see him... Uh, he happens to wow. be a fabulous person. We love him. Actually, yeah. we... Uh, he is so nice. He's a friend of ours. I just actually wrote a... T- uh, there's a book getting ready to come out. It's called Su- Success Factor X, and it's really famous people writing chapters about their idea of success, and I was asked yeah. to write the forward to the book, and uh, Corbin Burnson's one of the people who writes one of the chapters in oh, it. Oh, cool. Um, it's yeah, coming he's, out. He's amazing. Electric. And we guy, actually... Size, Sizemore is a regular Joe. Yeah, we actually so met Sizemore at an has, Oscar party like, last week. Working with him has to yeah. be an absolute... A smooth ride working with him because he's a Joe. He's a good guy. He's not one of these yeah. temperamental, neurotic, wacko actors yeah, like Jimmy. Yeah, like. <laughs> so, so you've got Agamon's Gate and Bands. Hopefully, going to have some big releases coming out. You got a Bennett song, which and Bennett Bennett song Holiday is the follow up to Bennett song, and Bennett song did really well, right? Yeah, it has done really well. I think the funny thing with Bennett song is, uh, uh, it's just been humming along. And it keeps selling. We just sold to China, Australia, like big, big markets. And uh, and, and I was on a, an interview tour over the phone and Skype. And I was surprised at how many people wanted to hear about the movie in Australia. Uh, uh, but I guess Bennett's song is a, kind of a big thing there. 
I love it though. I love the fact that you're that you're doing your own thing. That you're 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 an indie filmmaker and you do everything. You're casting, you're acting, you're directing, you're writing, um, and you're having such great success with it. And I number one give you props for that because I think okay. it's like amazing. Uh, I, and number I have, two, I you're have really good partners though. So N Nancy Oswine is actually the writer of Bennett Song and Bennett Song Holiday. She wrote both of those and actually produced both of those. So she has been my right-hand man on my films and on, uh, on the Bennett Song films. And then I have my wife, who is uh, an associate producer. She does all the product placement. She gets most of the clothing and designers and stuff that we have dressing people. Uh, uh, and uh, Annette, who, who binds it all together. Uh, and, and Nick, who, who finances and goes out and, and, and knocks on doors for finances. Uh, we, we have a really, really great team. Uh, it, it's not like I'm doing everything. I, I am doing the stuff that you get. I'm, I'm the face of the organization of us, but, but, but I have a really, really nice team. That's great that you actually said you, that, too. You, you birthed the baby, and they care for it. Yes. Because I know it's your baby. Every movie you make is your baby, and you love it, and you're into it. You're into every aspect of it. These yeah. people that work with you make it polished and perfect but if they didn't have you as the uh, birth mother they wouldn't have uh, work period so you're giving them credit but they have to give credit back to you too also yeah. you're all you're all equal you, you you're a good team you do yeah. good film you do well, good and it's films. good to put i mean you put together something that actually works you know because and, yeah. and you and you were so intelligent enough to hire Lorene landon <laughs> <laughs> because and, she's and trust, trust me i will do that again She's probably one of the the most uh, fabulous actresses out there today. I've seen. I mean, Churchill's got her playing opposite. What's his face? Like Bruce I said, Dern. where yeah. she's supposedly getting awards. She plays a drunken, horrible woman who's. And it's if you know Lorene, it's opposite her personality. I mean, she's a dove she's and so a charm. She's a sweet so little sweet. calm dove. And in this film, she's a raving fucking lunatic, screaming and yelling and angry. I heard her performance is fabulous. They're premiering this movie in Florida. I said, what the fuck are you oh. doing with it in Florida? Yeah. It's coming here, too. They're I said, doing, when are you going to do an L.A. screening? They're doing I, a cast and crew screening in Florida because a lot of it was shot in Florida. And, Florida. And that's where the stars oh, live. Please screw Florida. Uh, but they're going to do a big one. We'll invite you once we get. Yeah, there. We'll you get have the to come. The one here. Yeah, you come because to get together with Churchill when I was in uh, L.A. Uh, last month, and it was my schedule was like I uh, I felt like my brain melted. I was there for nine days, and I had like three four meetings every day. Yeah, and, and Ch Churchill and was busy uh, last month. Also. Actually, you and Churchill yeah. are very similar, though. You guys are very similar in what you do. You both, you know, write and direct and act, and I think you're both. Yeah. yeah. No, but Churchill. Yeah, I like all Churchill. He also does films that are not shitty. Churchill's yeah. films are like five steps up from the crap that we see. These these yeah. two. We these, go to a lot of we oh, go to a lot you, of premieres and a lot of them. Uh, you would Harley, just not believe. Yeah. Harley, Harley. We can't mention what they I are. Can't, I can't give you the <laughs> names. Harley, oh, trust man. me, baby. Some of them look like an eight-year-old with a home camera took a movie. I mean, the acting, they read lines, the directing, the, the, the they don't know where their marks are. They're looking. I mean, I see so many mistakes in these crappy movies. I say, how the fuck did they call this a movie? It's it's an experiment. He's always he's I always surprised of how they get money because we know we're working on a lot of different projects that are having trouble getting money that yeah. are actually really oh, yeah. good. And then you see these films that are so terrible, and they get somehow they get financed. And I'm happy yeah. to say that I'm in three of Churchill's films, and I cannot wait to yeah. go to work. We go to work in a couple of weeks. 
on. I'm not allowed to mention. No, you're not allowed to mention. What, what is that? All? Oh. Harley, wait a minute, please. <laughs> Help me out here. Years ago, pre-publicity is what sold the film and got the financing. Yeah. Why is it today we're not allowed to mention the title? I still don't get it. That I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you this. Only one of our films so far that have made it out has kept the title that I gave it and birthed it. The distributor has done their little thing, and by the end of it, they have a new title. So I, that could be a reason, but, but I don't understand that. For instance, oh, the uh, film, next, the next, the next film, film out is, is Into a Dark Mind. That one is now called Obstruse. And I don't understand it because we won probably 20 best film awards under the name Into a Dark Mind. And then the distributor says, no, we need a, a, a stronger one-word punching title. And they changed it, and now it's abstruse. I don't even know what abstruse means, though. I'd have I, to look I, it up. I know what it means. Yeah. But I think I think that uh, distributors should mind their own fucking business and stay out of the movie business, okay? But, but, but they are in the movie no, business. No, 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 no. They should, they should only be just... They, their job is to distribute the film, not to say who's in it and who yeah, should be in it. They're putting up the money. They I gotta don't give do a it. shit. You know how many good actors have been kicked out of a film because the distributors didn't think that their uh, IMVD was, was low enough? Or well, they didn't enough? have enough Twitter followers, so I mean, they don't I have enough Instagram. Usually huh? that's not the distributor, though. The, uh, I mean, to some extent, maybe, but... But I think that's the casting companies, and I think it's the, you know, it's probably on advice from the distributor, yes. Yes. I mean, mind your business, distribute the film, and stay out of the directing. But if the they acting. don't have people that they, that they no, want in the film, you know what? You know it. what? Listen to me. Meryl Streep once was nobody. She yeah. played a, a two-scene. That a doesn't two, matter. Wait, she played a two-sentence scene. And look who Meryl Streep is today. Okay, but let's so say. So wait, so di distributors don't know. Let's say wait, it was excuse you. Excuse me, excuse me. If, if if somebody won an Academy Award and had one line in a movie, the distributor should know that there's a possibility that this actor is going to bring to the film something great to make it better than what it is. You can't judge an actor by the IMB. Okay, score. well that's what everybody does. So what happens? Let's say it's your money and you put up you put up a million dollars to make an independent film and they cast whoever they want and you look I, at it and you're like I never even heard of a single no, person. No, in no, here. no. I wouldn't do that. I would look at their work. And after seeing three pieces of their work, I would know if they're full of shit. If they well, everybody act. else wants to see a movie because somebody famous is in it. Well, that's, different. that's nonsense. <laughs> the I sad mean, part is we talked about this the other day. We said if you could cast you know, Kim Kardashian or somebody like that, Paris Hilton or somebody in your movie, somebody posed a question to me, would you? No. And, and that was really hard because, I, unfortunately, I, the answer to that would be yes. Uh, and I know that's a bit of a sellout, but at the same time, I have to gain the audience at some point, the mass audience. And the no, you're wrong. You can get the mass audience. No, he's right. No, he's bring wrong. Them in, and then you can keep them for your artistic endeavors. So no, if you ever have no. the opportunity, I think, I mean, obviously you, you need to try to cast as well as you can around them. And you need to make sure that you do your best with rehearsals and, right. and everything else. But but I think you'd be crazy not to turn down an opportunity to go mainstream when you're an indie filmmaker. Because as successful as Betrayed has been, we've sold to uh, eleven countries in yeah. Europe, a couple of, of African countries, and and, and, and elsewhere around the world. Uh, and but that film, if you would have exchanged a couple of names in that film to to major stars, 
uh, or, or, or insta-famous people, that movie would have been in theaters well, wait a, a second. long extended wait, run. Wait, wait, wait a yes, second. Yes, you're right. This could work against you because if you put that Kim Kardashian trick in a movie, I would go see how terrible she was in it. I'd say, what a shitty movie. Kim Kardashian was awful. She annoyed me through the whole film. I'll never go see a Harley yeah, film not, again. But you're not Wait like normal people. All of my investors would be paid back and doubled. I know that, but your name, your name would not be the name it is now because now you've got good actors in your films. But, but, Kardashian but, can't wait, even wait, you're speak. Not I agree, but at the end of the day, my name right now, <laughs> most people don't know. If Kim Kardashian was in my movie, Car then oh, everybody would know it. Harley, shut the fuck up. Your <laughs> name, your name, when mentioned, has such a respect for talent and good quality that you must he never, right, you must never lose that by trashing out with garbage like somebody's son's an actor, famous movie star's son's an actor, and no, you I can't mean, act. I, don't I, do, I, don't ever do that. Stay who you are. Your I, quality. I, I, I've turned down people that have offered me to finance a whole movie and they say, put my wife as the main uh, role. And yeah, I and said she... no many times. Yeah, good. Keep it that way. Because you... Saying, if you have the opportunity to Don't get do somebody that could potentially be something that could get you to an no. audience. If, you, if you had not, listen, no, no, wait, Harley, wait, we only got two minutes. Shut two minutes. up. Harley, you're there already. Now you have two You're minutes. respected, and you can't buy respect. If you had Kylie Jenner in a movie, you would get financed in 30 seconds. Yes. They'd give you millions of dollars. Which can that person act? Who cares? Her fans we don't care. Cares. Her fans don't care if she can. Have we become that kind of an audience? But, have but, we but lost after taste? That film, I have the money to self-finance and do what I really want to do. Yeah. And yeah. people Time's over. And yeah, people, I do it once. And people in the exactly. business. I do it once. Exactly. People in the business are going to say, oh, yeah, Harley's a whore like the rest of them. No, they won't. He's a whore. He sold out for money. I Stay the way you are. Your quality, you're respected. Well, if you and get, you're going to go bigger than those other Kylie, If you get Kylie Jenner in, I mean, she's the biggest, she's the most popular person on planet Earth. So can she got act? Her, who cares? What do you mean, who cares? She's it's, got 100 million. It's a movie. It's she has a 100 million followers. If 100 million people buy the film, he's rich as fuck. He can retire. He never has to work again a day in his well, life if he doesn't I, want to. Or I can make 20 more films. Or films. Exactly the way I want to make them. Yes. Well, I there would, you go. I, if, I were, if I were in your position, I would never sell out. Because anyway, I'm old, I'm from the old school where we want the work. Yes. You know, pe actors of my, like Jane we gotta Russell. Go. We got to go. Jane Russell was my best friend, and I said to her, "What made you be a star?" She said, "I don't know. I turned the corner and I was there, but I liked the work." And she didn't give a shit about being a famous movie star. She I know, just that's liked a different the work. time. That's a different time. I know time. that, but that's that's the time when the love went into the film. When the hey, you still see his love in the film? Yes, because he oh, didn't. Absolutely. He put Loreen Landon in a fabulous movie star. There you go. Hold on, you guys, because we got to go. We only have a minute. Harley, so you we got to see This you. is Harley the Swede, you guys. Follow him on Twitter, H-A-R-L-E-Y-T-H-E-S-W-E-D-E. -E -E. Do you have a, a website for your company to look up all this stuff or no? Uh, Paint the Creek Productions is on Facebook. We don't have a website yet that's uh, in, in the works. Okay, so follow Harley on Twitter for all his updates, you guys. Harley, thank you so much for coming on the show. We love you. And Harley, and we, have to have, we have to have lunch or dinner so we could continue yes. this fight. There you go. And, and say hello to you. Send love to your wife. We yeah, love her. Bye. Bye-bye, Harley. Bye, thank you. Bye. Hey, everybody. In the and Lorene Landon is the best. <laughs> Nobody is fine. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy next week, your weekend, folks. everybody. Bye. 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 Jimmy, J, 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 J,
and I'm a thinking, what are we gonna be wearing? Yo, I'm a Liverpool MC, you can't trust me, big up the girls inside the party. Let's get down to crazy Jimmy, big up myself and all this Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.